0: Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures, and what I've found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantum challenge facing us, as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launch the podcast. Welcome to our episode. Today's guest is Tendai Vicky, an author and corporate innovation expert. As an associate partner Strategizer, he helps companies innovate for the future while managing their core businesses. He has written three books, Pirates in the Navy, The Corporate Startup, and The Lean Product Lifecycle. He previously served as Director of Product Lifecycle at Pearson, where he co-developed an innovation framework that won the best innovation program of 2015 at the Corporate Entrepreneur Awards in New York. Welcome, Tendai.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a real great pleasure to be here.
0: Thanks Looking so much. To the conversation. <laughs> Thanks so much. So, my first question for you 2020 has been a surprising year for us all, but has created fertile ground for innovation and disruption. In your experience, what are the characteristics of companies who ride the wave of changes well and those that don't?
1: Yeah, so so it's been interesting, Um, and there's a lot of conversations going on around what changes have we seen in companies, right, that are going to last post-COVID-19, and sometimes I think we're actually asking the wrong question, you know. I think we're failing to make a distinction between two things. We're failing to make a distinction between changes that companies are making to their business models, because they have to, because otherwise they're going to go bust, versus the behaviors, structures, and processes they're actually using to make those changes. And so we're asking whether the changes will last, but we're not asking whether the new behaviors will last. Yeah. And, so, and that really speaks to the question that you're asking here, which is, you know, what are the characteristics of companies that ride the waves of change as well? Well, car- companies that ride the waves of change as well are companies that have already built the innovation muscle before the change or the disruption actually takes place. You know, I mean, I, I, I always say this, like, you know, it's after you've had the heart attack, it's too late to start jogging. It's better to actually start developing the muscle before you have the heart attack. And so we've, what we're finding is that all those companies that had a, a pre-existing innovation ecosystem were able to quickly leverage that, you know, you know, spin up startup teams, make small bets, run experiments and test. We did that as Strategizer, you know, after, after the crisis, we started testing various, in various different offerings of our programs. And Because we already like, you know, have this practice internally, we're able to do that quickly versus those companies that were like, oh, right. Well, first, everybody go home. Okay, now we need legal to look at like, whether your computers are compliant, then we need to so that it took them a much longer time to start thinking about how, 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 how they can survive. With the pressure that carried on being on them, a whole lot of these companies figured out something, they, you know, built new platforms, built new ways of working, built new business models. But the question is after the crisis, will they go, okay, that was fun. Let's get back to what we used to do before or will they really deliberately think about developing those innovation muscles now?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's super interesting how companies are trying now to build fast a digital transformation platform that they can then grow on um, and trying to to figure out how to manage that, that implementation as we go. So the next question I wanted to poke into is in your work, you talk about two main drivers of innovation, which is the external growth factor and transforming the internal systems. So how does the message of sustainability, when we think about all that, that COVID has brought about and change in the world and the sort of change in consumer trends as well, how do you feel that sustainability fits into those two levers?
1: Yeah. so, So it's interesting, right? I mean, I, In my work, I wouldn't describe them as two levers as such. I would describe them as two goals, right? So if you're an innovation team or you're thinking about uh, developing an innovation program, you have two things that you really need to be thinking about, right? Which is, to what extent is this program we're launching going to change our company and make our company be able to do innovation on a repeatable basis? And so that's what we call the transformation part, right? So are you building systems? Are you building practices? Are you building toolboxes that people can use on an ongoing basis? Or are you doing innovation as just a whole bunch of one-off projects, each one having to negotiate with a company anew as if innovation had never happened before. So that's one piece. And then the other piece which is you, you refer to as growth is, is you know beyond just changing the company, we change the company so the company can create things of value, right? And so the real way maybe to actually, I wouldn't call it a third dimension, I will call it relabeling that dimension, right? Move it away from calling it growth because it then makes it a single metric sort of focus, but really think about value creation. And when you start thinking about value creation, then you can think about, okay, well, are we creating sustainable value, right? Are we having you know enough impact? Are we developing business models that are that are more suitable to the world than the way that it's changing? And so, you know, creating that sustainable value becomes, you know, the other dimension. So well, what we don't want is innovation theater, right? Which is, Innovation programs that are aimed at neither changing the company or creating value, because then it's just waste. It's just like, yeah, we had a hackathon, yay! Right? <laughs> you have to really be thinking about exactly what is the the point of, of all the work that that you're doing.
0: That, that's really interesting as well, because I feel as if there is a there is an appetite for pooling lots of ideas. So, getting gathering ideas from customers, gathering ideas from employees, and there's a lot of excitement and buzz around that. Is that innovation
1: theater it's not innovation theater right so gathering ideas from 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 customers gathering ideas from employees and voting up the best ideas to work on is not innovation theater in and of itself it becomes innovation theater when you do nothing else but that
0: right
1: Right, So if you gather the ideas, the question is then what do you do with them? Are you able to use some of those ideas to create something of value? If you are, then that's not innovation theater. The idea competition is a stepping stone towards something valuable. Or the hackathon is a stepping stone towards something valuable. Or the idea session where you're doing sticky notes is a stepping stone towards something valuable. But what happens in most of these situations is like, whoa, we had a competition and here's the winner. Let's all go home now, next year we'll have another one. Uh, (laughs) If you start doing it like that, It is definitely innovation theater. It's the best theater out there. (laughs)
0: It is quite. The the other thing I'd I'd like to touch on on this point is that I also work with a number of female entrepreneurs who are in the sustainability space. So a lot of them creating businesses of handmade products or recycled materials and stuff like this. But what's interesting about working with entrepreneurs as opposed to working with big corporations is that the bottom line is important, right? It's it's important for them to be profitable, but it's also important for them to live their purpose and to live their value. So I, I wonder if this is something that companies also need to be considering how they bring purpose into that mix
1: yes absolutely i actually think companies need to really be thinking about how they bring purpose because again beyond just sort of creating bottom line growth people also want to feel like they're making a positive contribution to the world it kind of gets them up in the morning and, and they feel positive about, about about going to work you know companies like unilever the paul pullman that are really like putting the stake in the ground they're like defining themselves as that way become companies that are people are happy to work for those organizations, right? Okay. Um, just a word to the wise, to your uh, 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 intraf- social entrepreneurship friends, right? I, I gave a keynote the other day where I talked about the starving artist, which is people that are so focused on the cause that they forget that they also need to be profitable. And so it's a balance between those two things, right? You have to make sure that you're covering both, both parts of the, of, the, of the conversation.
0: Well said, I couldn't say it better. So my last question to you is going to be about pirates. So right. I love, uh, I love to hear your talk about pirates. So what yeah. I'd like you to do is explain to my listeners who are part of a bigger organization, particularly, um, what type of pirates they should be.
1: <laughs> all right. Yes. So Alex, after all, right? You know, Alex, Osterwald, all, right? I, I work with him at strategizer where I'm associate partner, and Alex hates the word pirate to describe innovators, and he says like, you don't want to be a pirate. You, pirates used to get killed, all right? <laughs> And so, you know, I'm busy working on a book of Pirates in the Navy, and my boss hates the word pirate. But actually, when we were doing the work on the book, we discovered that not all pirates are the same, right? You don't get like, you know, people just tend to use the words interchangeably, pirate, buccaneer, et cetera. But we discovered that there's a class of pirates called privateers that are very distinct from just the typical pirate, because the typical pirate is just a criminal. They're unaffiliated to anything, right? They don't have any connection to anything. They're just out there roaming the high seas doing whatever they want. And of course that's a life if that's what you wanna do. But if you wanna do innovation inside large companies, you need to think of yourself more as a privateer who is also a pirate, but they're a pirate that's actually been commissioned by someone to go out into the world and do work. Like for example, the British government used to commission people like Sir Francis Drake to go out and raid Spanish ships for, and, then, and then bring that back to, back to the UK. So what we're saying is simply this, if you're a corporate innovator, it is important that you build a bridge between the innovation work you're doing and the core business with with which you work. Because there's no chance that any innovation that a corporate innovator works on is gonna succeed without support from the leadership inside that organization.
0: that's absolutely true. So thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us. Any closing words for either the entrepreneurs who are out there making a, a big splash in the sustainability space or the corporates that want to do more? Any closing words?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, not a lot, really. I mean, the thing I've, I've been most interested in in all my work is authenticity, right? So we just want to make sure that we're doing stuff that creates value rather than stuff that, you know, it's just fake and, and kind of just, you know, like people are just performing innovation theater rather than actually doing things that create value. So you cannot, if you're a social entrepreneur, create value if the business you work on is not sustainably profitable it'll die and then the value we're trying to create dies with it. So you have to focus on both those things. Um, you cannot create value if all you do is events and with speakers and all these things. If you're a corporate innovator, you also have to be thinking about, right? Making sure that you're also generating revenue or impact or you know value. So that's really what we care about. And then the question just becomes, okay, if we're gonna be authentic, what, is, what, are the, what are the real true things that we can do in order to do valuable work? And that's really where the conversation needs to move to.
0: I love it. Let's take the conversation there. Thank you for joining us on Where Ideas Launched the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by the Depot Virtual Service Hub. The Virtual Service Hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth. We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics, and tech enablement. To find out more, contact Catherine and Byam on LinkedIn.